Chapter Twenty of Miss Billy's Decision. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Chenevere. Miss Billy's Decision by Eleanor H. Porter. Arkwright tells a story. Arkwright called Monday afternoon by appointment, and together he and Billy put the finishing touches to the new song. It was when, with Aunt Hannah, they were having tea before the fire a little later, that Billy told of her adventure the preceding Friday afternoon in front of Symphony Hall. "'You knew the girl, of course. I think you said you knew the girl,' ventured Arkwright. "'Oh, yes. She was Alice Gregory. I met her with Uncle William first, over a Lowenstorff teapot. Maybe you'd like to know how I met her,' smiled Billy. "'Alice Gregory?' Arkwright's eyes showed a sudden interest. I used to know an Alice Gregory, but it isn't the same one, probably. Her mother was a cripple. Billy gave a little cry. Why, it is. It must be. My Alice Gregory's mother is a cripple. Oh, do you know them, really? Well, it does look like it, rejoined Arkwright, showing even deeper interest. I haven't seen them for four or five years. They used to live in our town. The mother was a little sweet-faced woman with young eyes and prematurely white hair. That describes my Mrs. Gregory exactly, cried Billy's eager voice. And the daughter? Alice, why, as I said, it's been four years since I've seen her. A touch of constraint had come into Arkwright's voice, which Billy's keen ear was quick to detect. She was nineteen then, and very pretty. About my height, and with light brown hair and big blue-gray eyes that look steely cold when she's angry, questioned Billy. I reckon that's about it, acknowledged the man with a faint smile. Then they are the ones, declared the girl, plainly excited. Isn't that splendid? Now we can know them and perhaps do something for them. I love that dear little mother already, and I think I should the daughter, if she didn't put out so many pricklers that I couldn't get near her. But tell us about them. How did they come here? Why didn't you know they were here? "'Are you good at answering a dozen questions at once?' asked Aunt Hannah, turning smiling eyes from Billy to the man at her side. "'Well, I can try,' he offered. "'To begin with, they are Judge Gregory's widow and daughter. They belong to fine families on both sides, and they used to be well off, really wealthy for a small town. But the judge was better at money-making than he was at money-keeping, and when he came to die his income stopped, of course.' and his estate was found to be in bad shape through reckless loans and worthless investments. That was eight years ago. Things went from bad to worse then, until there was almost nothing left. I knew there was some such story as that back of them, declared Billy. But how do you suppose they came here? To get away from everybody, I suspect, replied Arkwright. That would be like them. They were very proud." And it isn't easy, you know, to be nobody where you've been somebody. It doesn't hurt quite so much to be nobody where you've never been anything but nobody. I suppose so, sighed Billy. Still, they must have had friends. They did, of course. But when the love of one's friends becomes too highly seasoned with pity, it doesn't make a pleasant morsel to swallow, especially if you don't like the taste of the pity. And there are people who don't, you know. The Gregories were that kind. They were morbidly so. From their cheap little cottage, where they did their own work, 
they stepped out in their shabby garments and old-fashioned hats with heads even more proudly erect than in the old days when their home and their gowns and their doings were the admiration and envy of the town you see they didn't want that pity i do see cried billy her face aglow with sudden understanding and i don't believe pity would be nice her own chin was held high as she spoke it must have been hard indeed murmured aunt hannah with a sigh as she set down her teacup it was nodded arkwright of course mrs gregory with her crippled foot could do nothing to bring in any money except to sew a little it all depended on alice and when matters got to their worst she began to teach she was fond of music and could play the piano well and of course she had had the best instruction she could get from city teachers only twenty miles away from our home town young as she was about seventeen when she began to teach i think she got a few beginners right away and in two years she had worked up quite a class meanwhile keeping on with her own studies herself they might have carried the thing through maybe continued arkwright and never apparently known that the pity existed if it hadn't been for some ugly rumors that suddenly arose attacking the judge's honesty in an old matter that somebody raked up that was too much under this last straw their courage broke utterly alice dismissed every pupil sold almost all their remaining goods they had lots of quite valuable heirlooms i suspect that's where your lowenstoff teapot came in and with the money thus gained they left town until they could go they scarcely showed themselves once on the street they were never at home to callers and they left without telling one soul where they were going so far as we could ever learn why the poor dears cried billy how they must have suffered but things will be different now you'll go to see them of course and at the look that came into arkwright's face she stopped in surprise you forget they wouldn't wish to see me demurred the man and again billy noticed the odd constraint in his voice but they wouldn't mind you here argued billy i'm afraid they would in fact i'm sure they'd refuse entirely to see me billy's eyes grew determined but they can't refuse if i bring about a meeting just casually you know she challenged arkwright laughed well i won't pretend to say as to the consequences of that he rejoined rising to his feet but they might be disastrous wasn't it yourself who were telling me a few minutes ago how steely cold miss alice's eyes got when she was angry billy knew by the way the man spoke that for some reason he did not wish to prolong the subject of his meeting the gregory's she made a quick shift therefore to another phase of the matter but tell me please before you go how did those rumors come out about judge gregory's honesty i mean well i never knew exactly frowned arkwright musingly yet it seems too that mother did say in one letter while i was in paris that some of the accusations had been found to be false and that there was a prospect that the judge's good name might be saved after all oh i wish it might sighed billy think what it would mean to those women twould mean everything cried arkwright warmly and i'll write to mother tonight i will and find out just what there is to it if anything then you can tell them he finished a little stiffly yes or you nodded billy lightly and because she began at once to speak of something else the first part of her sentence passed without comment the door had scarcely closed behind arkwright 
when Billy turned to Aunt Hannah, a beaming face. Aunt Hannah, did you notice, she cried, how Mary Jane looked and acted whenever Alice Gregory was spoken of? There was something between them, I'm sure there was, and they quarreled, probably. Why, no, dear, I didn't see anything unusual, murmured the elder lady. Well, I did, and I'm going to be the fairy godmother that straightens everything all out, too. See if I'm not. They'd make a splendid couple, Aunt Hannah. I'm going right down there tomorrow. Billy, my dear, exclaimed the more conservative old lady, aren't you taking things a little too much for granted? Maybe they don't wish for, for a fairy godmother. Oh, they won't know I'm a fairy godmother. Not one of them. And, of course, I wouldn't mention even a hint to anybody, laughed Billy. I'm just going down to get acquainted with the Gregories, that's all. Only think, Aunt Hannah, what they must have suffered. And look at the place they're living in now. Gentle women like them. Yes, yes, poor things, poor things, sighed Aunt Hannah. I hope I'll find out that she's really good at teaching, I mean, the daughter, resumed Billy after a moment's pause. If she is, there's one thing I can do to help anyhow. I can get some of Marie's old pupils for her. I know some of them haven't begun with the new teacher yet, and Mrs. Carleton told me last Friday that neither she nor her sister was at all satisfied with the one their girls have taken. They change, I know, in a minute at my recommendation. That is, of course, if I can give the recommendation, continued Billy, with a troubled frown. Anyhow, I'm going to begin operations tomorrow. End of chapter 20